In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and this series is in cooperation with Cinda Virtual, which brings you thought leaders and business stories from all over the world. You can learn more about Cinda under www.cinda.org. Now, we don't only bring you thought leaders from around the world, we also have listeners from all over the world. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And if you're new to the show, let me tell you what this series is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we have talked about everything such as business issues, such as artificial intelligence, digital transitions, and leadership issues such as gender balance and business values and ethics that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please listen to us live every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Pacific time. And if you miss us live, don't worry about it because we are on every major podcast platform from Apple to Google to Stitcher to Spotify. We're all over the net and you can find us under Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America Business. Now, I invite you to connect with me. Send me your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or go to my website under leadershipbeyondborders.net. And let me know what kind of subjects you want to hear about on this show. But if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we will make sure you take away something useful for either your business or yourself. Now, on to today's episode. Um, GDPR, and I think everybody knows what that is, went into effect in two 2018. And since its passage, we have made great efforts on privacy compliance, and we do recognize some of the regulations. But at the same time, unfortunately, consumers still feel nudged and bullied by big tech companies into agreeing to do business as usual. So the question is, where is the spirit behind this legislation? And then all of a sudden, everything changed. In March 2020, the world changed and virtually every business was forced online and every business was reaching out to their customers digitally. Now, many businesses were focused on customer retention and not necessarily paying attention to compliance and regulations. And then at the same time, technology changed. It went into warp speed in 2020, changing the playing field. So the question is, where are we today? What has happened and what will happen in the upcoming years as countries try to formulate new e-privacy regulations? Today, we will discuss what has happened and what is going to happen with a privacy expert. Our guest today is Tillman Harmeling, 
an entrepreneur in residence at the company UserCentrics. And UserCentrics is a global market leader in the field of consent management platforms, enabling businesses to collect, manage, and document user consent on websites and apps in order to achieve full compliance with global privacy regulations while facilitating high consent rates and building trust with their customers. They work with companies such as Daimler, ING, and many more, and they work in 100 companies helping companies achieve privacy. Tillman, having focused on the business and technical complexities of privacy throughout his career, has gained a variety of experience about how privacy markets work. He joined UserCentrics in 2018 to work with global companies and universities, helping them understand the privacy landscape. He's a sought-after speaker on privacy issues, and he's spoken at events like PriveSec, Global, ORM, and Demexo. So, Tillman, welcome to the show. Yes, thank you so much, Kimberly. Nice for nice for having me. Uh, so, with this kind of this show is kind of an anniversary show because um, you know it's, it's 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 May and it's been five years since GDPR was introduced. Okay, and um, what what does the landscape look like now? I mean, do, are companies used to it? Um, um, does everybody understand it? Yes, yes, that's a good question. I mean, I'm working in this company starting from 2018, so more or less right from the beginning. And um, it was especially in the beginning um, where we saw a huge confusion, especially as you just described it in the market, because, you know, there were many, many open questions like, what should privacy look like? What should a cookie banner look like? Which data can I actually aggregate from, from our users right now? And what is what are the other players of the industries are actually doing. So this confusion basically changed over time. And not all confusion right now is gone, but it's it's a lot less, I would say. I think when the GDPR was implemented, um, companies implemented cookie banners and asked for consent. And then basically two things happened. Uh, companies received less data and um, end users on websites were confused and even sometimes annoyed. And this is where we are today. Mm-hmm. And and part of the biggest thing when GDPR was was introduced in Europe in, in 2018, um, it was scary. A lot of companies were really scared. I mean, they waited to the last minute to do everything. And they were scared about the violations. So now it's five years later. Have there actually, you know, has the EU acted on violations? Has Have there been some violations to the legislation? Yes, yes, good question. Um, yes and uh, no, actually. So um, we have seen high fines, <laughs> but we still see uh, missing compliance on websites, and we see uh, this especially uh, in the apps market. I mean, the point is, it uh, depends on one hand side on the country, also inside of the European Union, and then on the strategy of that data protection authority. Yeah. Um, in total, for example, Luxembourg is actually leading for the sum of total fines. The reason is that they fined Amazon for 746 million, I think it was. And that was back then the highest fine we have ever seen according to a GDPR. So when I'm saying these data protection authorities have different strategies, I mean that some of them are more going primarily after the big ones uh, like Google, Amazon. Um, like Luxembourg or France. 
On the other hand, uh, there are companies like Spain, and Spain has way more fines, uh, way more fines across the landscape, like also for small and, uh, small and medium businesses. Uh, so uh, what we can see from the strategy side is 400 fines in Spain and 24 in the US. Uh, sorry, 24 in France. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that that's quite a different strategy on how you attack it. And and just you just said the U.S. Let me let me ask about this. So GDPR came out, and Europe Europe was kind of the leader in this. And then it was like the catalyst for other laws such as CCPA in California and worldwide. So what does the worldwide landscape look like today? Um, you know, yes. have other countries introduced similar? Yeah. Yes, just just recently Japan, for example. So uh, from our side, it is uh, interesting what what happens on the website and in the application for the end user. So if companies want to use and share third-party technologies in Europe, Brazil, South Africa, Japan, etc., it doesn't matter where you are. Usually they need consent for that first. But on the other hand side, um, there is uh, the US and there is, um, in this case, specifically CCPA, which is a different regulation. And like the biggest difference is that uh, for GDPR and 99% of the regulations, you can track users when there is an opt-in. And for CCPA, Mm -hmm. it basically means you can track until to the moment when the user says, no, no, please stop, stop tracking me and the opt-out is forced. So we call it basically uh, the landscape. There is an opt-in required regulation or an opt-out required regulation, but most of them are opt-in required. Mm-hmm. And, and the U.S. is a little complicated, isn't it? I mean, uh, there's no national e-privacy. I mean, there's, there's you know, uh, California and then Connecticut. I mean, do you think they're going to go in the direction where they, they have one e-privacy law? Uh, hopefully, hopefully, actually, that would make <laughs> that would make uh, a lot of a lot of our job way easier. And this is this is this is um, exactly the thing. Like here in Europe, you have 27 countries and uh, one regulation, and in the U.S., it's basically the other way around. There is Colorado, uh, there is Virginia. They all have uh, different regulations, which means different rules, and the complexity is quite high there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that does make things complicated. And then when we're talking about the U.S., let me let me jump to, um, you know, the data transfer between the U.S. and EU and the privacy shield, which was invalidated in uh, 2002. Can you explain what that was and, and, and what the new data sharing pack looks like? Yes, yes, yes. So uh, basically... What, what was happening back then was uh, it started in, I think it was 2000, the safe harbor principles or the safe harbor agreement, um, which is basically the allowance of um, companies to share data between the European Union and the United States. Yeah? But at one point in time, there was someone who was called Max Schrems, and he was basically saying, in the US, there is no adequate data protection according to the European law. Uh, this is why it was cancelled then in 2015, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And then there was like the privacy shield starting from 2016 uh, until 2020 because the exact same person, this Max Schrems, um, was creating a lawsuit again yeah, and saying that in the US it's uh, not really adequate for the data protection. And the thing behind it, this is uh, the true question here, is why is that the case? And what uh, actually many, um, many or the highest critique in this area was the U.S. Patriot Act, 
which is uh, the act that says that U.S. security authorities must sometimes be granted access to the data of users, which is then stored in the United States. Uh, mm -hmm. And um, if that is not changed uh, for the next uh, data transfer agreement, then this might also be cancelled, like after a specific time. So um, I would say, uh, let's just have a look on how it will evolve. And yeah, let's hope for the mm -hmm. best. Mm -hmm. And and that and and this does this affect um, you know how does this affect all the big tech players? I mean, is it more kind of affecting the big players? Um, and you know, yes. yes. So what do they think of this? <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah, for them, I mean, it's it's obviously it's it's quite of a challenge. Um, we 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 see a lot of uh, webinars about these topics. I mean, they want to, they simply want to do business in the European Union. Uh, but mm -hmm. when data is transferred to the US, then then there might occur legal problems. And actually, it's not that easy because many US companies actually have European servers now uh, mm -hmm. and options to provide sensitive data from entering the US. Um, especially, there are many there were many talks about Google Analytics, and Google Analytics actually has an option to hide the IP address to limit the amount of data which is flowing from the European Union uh, to the US. Um, so still, here in Europe, we have many, many discussions about the topics. And I think it was like a couple of weeks ago um, where we have seen an Austrian um, lawsuit about if Google Analytics actually is illegal now, yes or no. And the only thing um, I can mention to that, it's um, clearly not an easy decision. It's mostly an individual cases. Um, it's it's not always Google. Yeah? So it could also be a wrong implementation by the company using it. So how to create the privacy infrastructure is also, especially for our um, for our customers, a huge topic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then, and then of course, on the other hand too. I mean, I'm an American living in uh, in Europe, and um, you know, we Americans are always under the impression that the U.S. has all our data, anyways, <laughs> from the Patriot Act. <laughs> you know, don't trust me. I'm sure I'm in yeah. some database someplace. Okay, and you know, as a consumer, <laughs> that kind of makes you feel uncomfortable. You know, um, not that you're hiding anything, but um, anyways, tell me, we're gonna we're gonna take a short break. And um, when we get back, I want to I want to go into the subject of digital marketing and um, what's happening around you know the cookie legislation and 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 what in which direction Europe is going with that. Okay, so for our listeners, we are talking to Tillman Har. Oops, excuse me. For our listeners, we are talking to Tillman Harmeling, and he's an entrepreneur in residence at UserCentrics. And UserCentrics is a global market leader in the field of consent management platforms, enabling businesses to collect, manage, and document consent on websites and apps in order to achieve full compliance with global privacy regulations while facilitating high consent rates and building trust with their customers. Tillman, having focused on the business and technical complexities of privacy throughout his career, has gained a variety of experience on how privacy markets work. And he joined UserCentrics in 2018, just as GDPR came in, and he's been working with global companies and universities, helping them understand the privacy. Now, you can reach out to Tillman on LinkedIn under Tillman Harmeling, and UserCentrics is under www.usercentrics.com, and they are also on social media under UserCentrics on Facebook and Instagram. 
and on LinkedIn under Usercentrics My Company and on Twitter and on also on YouTube. So please reach out to Usercentrics. Now this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda. Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. Cinda holds virtual trainings, conferences, market research, and legislative white papers on digital. So please go to www.cinda.org for more information. And Cinda also has live conferences. And the next conference is May 16th to 18th in Mallorca, Spain. And you can also meet and talk to user-centrics at this live conference. And with that, we're going to take a short break, and I'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Today, we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel. And I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we're talking about privacy. Um, it's kind of the almost a five-year anniversary from GDPR this month in May. And we are talking with an expert in that area. We're talking with Tillman Harmeling. And he is an entrepreneur in residence at the company UserCentrics, which is a global market leader in the field of consent management platforms. They enable businesses to collect and manage and document consent on websites, apps, in order to achieve full compliance with global privacy regulations. So before the break, um, Tillman, we kind of talked about what was going on around the world. Um, I, I, before we jump into the marketing part, I do did have one last question. Um, what's with the UK now? Okay. Are they still part of the European um, pact or do they have their own thing now? Yes. Good question. Uh, <laughs> so basically, basically <laughs> the UK, um, actually from the beginning, they had something that was, uh, they were inside of the European Union, so GDPR was a topic, but then very, very fast, they created their own system, uh, which is called UK GDPR. From the rule set, it is like 99% of a copy of GDPR, so the same rules are counting. And um, the difference here, I would say, to, to, to the US is that data transfer is actually a way easier topic uh, because of the adequacy um, of the rules. Uh, so the rules are so similar that it's easier to share uh, data across the countries. Oh, okay. Okay. I was wondering about that. You know, it's always interesting to see what happens after Brexit. Um, let's move on. Let's move into marketing, digital marketing. Okay. Um, some of the current issues in digital legislation, cookies seem to be a big focus now. Can you explain first for our listeners what cookies are and why they are important to digital marketing? 
Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, what cookies basically are, they are small packages of information stored in our browser. So whenever we are visiting a website, a small piece of information is stored. I can give you an example. I'm visiting a website of a store for shoes because I need new shoes, for example. Now there is a cookie stored in my browser containing information about that shoe that I'm currently taking a look at and my location and the website I am visiting. And as you can imagine, that is very, very valuable information for online companies because usually I'm not just interested in shoes, but also in, for example, a car or in medication. And this provides um, a lot of information about me. And I am, um, so for example, a question would be, am I be able to buy this car? Uh, Would I buy uh, this car at all? Uh, Do I have a specific disease and need medication? So all of this information can be somehow um, stored inside of a cookie. So this information altogether can be pretty sensitive. And most of this information is stored in cookies. But one important, uh, you might ask it anyways, uh, but one one important information is that um, not always uh, is the data um, stored and aggregated on cookies. So it can also be in web beacons, JavaScripts, and all type of technologies who can aggregate the user's data. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, that's we all kind of know that because then all of a sudden we get this data and we get these push things and everything. But what is a yes. GD? Yeah, I, it makes me crazy. Okay. <laughs> you know, sometimes I like it, sometimes I don't. But so what does the GDPR currently say about cookies usage? Yeah, so um, the importance here is basically which kind of information does the cookie store. And when it's personal identifiable information or short PII, then companies have to ask the user for consent. And at least everywhere besides CCPA, companies have to ask the user before um, actually aggregating and processing these data. And well, usually it's um, the, the, the asking or the um, implementation of a cookie banner um, needs to be uh, voluntarily, uh, the user needs to be informed. It's a granular decision. It's an explicit decision. Um, it needs to be revocable. Uh, so also you have at the specific point in time, you need the option to say no. I don't want to be tracked anymore. And also, you need a documentation where you can see um, if you said yes to a specific um, to a, to a specific service or a specific technology at all. But um, to be honest, in general, it's just ask yourself, are you aggregating data about your end users, yes or no? Um, is it easy to, stand, uh, to, to, to understand for the end user? Is it actually creepy uh, what you're doing with the data? And then make clearly sure that the user can say no um, do not track me uh, so mm. basically what the GDPR says is do responsible understandable tracking make sure the user is informed and most importantly make sure that you are asking the user for everything besides CCPA and for CCPA make sure that the user can revoke um, the consent Mm-hmm. But you know, let, let, let's be realistic on this for a minute, okay? This is this is every time I go to a website, this banner comes up, and I, and I know myself as a consumer, I am so lazy, okay? <laughs> I just I just hit accept, okay? Because I really don't feel like going through the whole thing of reading what I'll accept and what I don't accept. So, I mean, do you really think that this is giving consumers an option? 
I mean, I, I don't know if I'm just alone in this, but uh, really, every time I get it, it's just a pain to me, and I just say yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I mean, truly, this is, and this is this is actually a huge, huge topic, but we are also working on it. I mean, are you able to create? Um, basically a trustworthy environment for the end user, the end user like you. Yeah? Am I able to understand what is actually happening with my data um, inside of a cookie banner or inside of a privacy policy? This is potentially, this is like our biggest asset that we are trying every day also with universities and also with um, data protection authorities to make it at least a little bit easier to understand and to make sure that uh, human beings are kind of understanding what is actually happening here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'll tell you, I don't, and I don't. <laughs> it's like I don't care. But anyways, anyway, so 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 that's that's the current situation. But there's a new focus on it. So what's shifting in in the area of cookies right now? Um, there's a new focus on on some new legislation. What's what's happening around it? Yes, 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 yes. I mean, um, actually, I would I would I would say um, we should we should simplify it a little bit and. Uh, exclude for 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 one second the big tech the big tech companies and the players of programmatic advertising for a second. So, if we say there are potentially two streams, uh, like companies and end users and companies, um, they need to fulfill their business needs. Uh, so they need data. They create decisions. What will be trendy? And what are people interested in? What are they actually? buying and their end users on the other hand side and end users are thinking about they want to have a great user experience relevant offers and great personalization you know which shoes could Mm -hmm. be potentially interesting for me buying Uh, but they also want to understand one thing and this is what is happening with their data is it used to their advantage is it not used to their advantage and like these ones they're actually not new Uh, what is new is that companies have to ask for consent now. This is what changed with GDPR and this Mm -hmm. is what changed with privacy regulations. So it's like, dear user, can I have your consent? And the user have to make a decision somehow and they know more and more that their data is actually valuable. Mm -hmm. So it's less easy to get a consent now um, if companies don't offer something for it. I think this will be um, a huge, huge change to say it like this, you know, this value exchange. Mm-hmm. And meaning meaning this value exchange, I mean, this does not necessarily mean money. Yeah, of course, you could say consent for money. It's a thing. But it will also mean like having a good user experience, the relevant offers, watching a specific video, reading an article, etc. So I'd say in the current days, it will be more and more a give and get in the privacy market between the companies and the users. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and just a, a quick question on, um, you know, the smaller. I want to come to the bigger ones and problematic advertising in a minute, but uh, on the smaller um, websites and the the SMBs, you know, I said in, I said in the intro we saw on two thousand this this huge shift to to from foot traffic to digital traffic and every smb was on there do you think i mean if you're looking at a landscape and let's just use germany well germany's pretty strict but is europe for a minute you know from the smbs out there i mean are most of those small websites compliant with cookies now or are they using them or are they not do you think people understand this yes 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 a good, actually a good question. Um, I would say it depends a little bit 
um, also on the technology and the device we are talking about. So the websites, um, especially in Europe, because it's like uh, you said it in the beginning, it's 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 five years gone already. Um, especially um, so the websites there we see um, a lot of market saturation. Uh, so companies they're actually having um, at least a consent solution uh, for the websites. But what we see is the complexity of the technology. This means um, this is even hard for developers sometimes to check um, inside of the application, inside of smart cars, for example, connected TVs, etc. Is there actually data transferring from A to B or data aggregated from A to B? And this complexity is basically quite, quite hard to understand. And so to answer your question, yes, I would say in Europe for the desktop side, the market is more and more saturated. But for other devices, there are still like huge opportunities, A, to understand what is happening and B, to provide good um, cookie solutions there. Mm-hmm. And, and what about apps? I mean, because um, you said that that is a little bit more problematic than um Yes, this is um, like 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 the problem is basically that it's um, harder to understand um, inside of an application. There are the software development kits, the so-called SDKs, and it's quite it's not always transparent. Um, when is it loaded? Which kind of data is then loaded um, inside of the application? You see, so when we are on a website, we can simply open the console and check all of the technologies which are loading in the background. Uh, but this is way harder inside um, of your mobile phone. It's not that easy to start a console and take a look at the technologies who are loaded. And this is potentially a huge difference. That's also why we see way less fines in the application market than in the desktop market until now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I mean, if it's that complicated, then I'm just thinking how companies still don't understand it, um, Tillman. And I'll give you an example. I mean, I said I'm American. I live in Europe. Um, I I want to read. I want to read my hometown newspaper. Okay, and I can't access it from Europe. Okay, um, and I always and I and I always get this big screen that says says sorry due to gdpr we can't do it which is <laughs> which is actually completely ridiculous okay yes. because i'm just want to read a newspaper okay you know? so i mean I, I think and this is a pretty big company okay so i you know you're talking about the complexity um I, and i guess you and user centrics help people understand this you you help companies yeah. understand this yeah, yeah. okay yeah. Yeah. yeah this is yeah i mean i mean this is your you're truly like like facing a complexity here. I mean, um, for example, um, you could use a VPN yeah, to bring yourself um, digitally to the US, but this cannot be the solution, like especially not for everyone. <laughs> so um, uh, do we have to understand this? Companies partly, I would say, end users not. Yeah, uh, For them, it, they should be provided with a good solution. But like um, for companies, I would say there are four big complexities. Uh, yeah. One is the regulation and the market complexity, which is um, currently we see a problem of a lack of consistently by the regulators. Um, it's different what it says for CCPA than for um, Virginia or Colorado, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And there is also there is um, TCF by the IAB. Yeah, for the publishers, they have a specific CMP against the non-publishers who have a different CMP. 
Yeah, usual CNP. Mm. Complexity. Yeah. Tech development complexity. What is Google doing? What is Apple doing? Yeah. User complexity. Do I have trust to the user? How can I improve this trust? And of course, we um, one, one other thing that we talked about a couple of minutes before, the infrastructure complexity, like adapting internal ad tech ecosystems and the creation of constant-driven workflows. You know, So it was easy in the beginning, but now it's not anymore. And um, of course, we can... We can help there. We have solutions who are automatically detect the cookies and technologies on your website. We have automated blocking technologies. We have people who are writing the legal texts for the for the services who are used on the website, and all of this just to basically make it easier. So, um, long story short, there is a high complexity. I think the end user should not necessarily, you know, uh, know it. Um, but for, for, for companies, they should at least partly know it. And mm-hmm. But companies like us are um, helping here. Helping that. Yeah. Well, I use Surfshark. So. Oh, very good. Yeah. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to take a short break, Tillman. And, um, and when we get back, um, you talk, I want to talk a little bit more on the cookie. You, you said there's five steps that a company could take to to, to become you know compliant and I'd like to hear about those five steps on and then kind of talk a little bit about what do we see is going to happen next in this land this complicated landscape and for our listeners we are speaking today with Tilman Harmeling and he is an entrepreneur in residence at UserCentrics and UserCentrics is a global market leader in the field of consent management platforms enabling businesses to collect manage and document user consent on websites and apps in order to achieve full compliance Compliance. And Tillman has been focusing on this business of technical complexities and privacy through his whole career. And he started working with UserCentrics in 2018, right when GDPR started. Um, he works with global companies and universities, helping them understand the privacy landscape. And if you'd like to reach out to Tillman, you can reach out to him on Tillman Harmeling on LinkedIn. And for UserCentrics, you can go to www.usercentrics.com. Uh, UserCentrics is also on Facebook and Instagram under UserCentrics and on LinkedIn and Twitter. And they also have a YouTube channel. So look up UserCentrics. And this show is also brought to you by Cinda. Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. They hold trainings, conferences, market research, legislative white papers focused on digital. And they will be having a live conference in another week, May 16th to 18th in Mallorca, Spain. And you can learn more about that on www.cinda.com. And you can also meet Tillman and UserCentrics in Spain and talk to them in person. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we're, we're I, I don't want to say celebrating, but kind of celebrating the five-year anniversary of GDPR, okay? But data privacy in Europe. Uh, five years ago this May, um, it was implemented and it, the whole world was in panic. And we're kind of taking a look at today uh, what's happened in the five years. And our guest today is Tillman Harmeling, and he's an entrepreneur in residence at UserCentrics, and UserCentrics is a global market leader in the field of consent management platforms, helping businesses to collect, manage, and document user consent on websites and apps in order to achieve full compliance. And Tillman is an expert in this area. He's been focused in this area through his out whole career, and he started with user centrics in 2018, just as GDPR launched. And he also works with global companies, universities, helping them understand the privacy landscape. So, um, Tillman, we kind of t- talked, we've been going back and forth, very interesting subject, kind of on this five-year anniversary. Um, but, there, you know, I'm a company, and I want to be compliant with cookies, and, uh, and I want to do the right thing. And what are the steps um, that I need to take to do that. Yes, yes, yes. So this one, um, I will, I will, I will do for CCPA, like especially for the American listeners. Uh, <laughs> um, one, one, one thing that is very important here is um, the first step would be to include a descriptive data privacy policy. Uh, make it understandable what kind of information you collect and process. Um, how do you collect and process the information? So everything you do in terms of data. Uh, Second thing is that you make sure that you have the right to disclosure, meaning if you collect information about a consumer protected, then you must inform the consumer of your intentions at or before the point of data collection. Third step is gathering and storing consent. This is like the main thing that um, basically consent management platforms are doing. Um, There is consent. We are aggregating it. We are collecting it. And um, you have to do it if you want to be CCPA compliant. Fourth point is the most important thing is the including of the do not sell my personal information link. Uh, um, in the best case, to a page for all website users, uh, the link must be basically made easily available on your website and easy clickable. Uh, um, and then finally, the fifth point is to make sure that users can contact you. Uh, so CCPA grants your California users a right to access um, the company, the personal data you've collected from them. And um, yeah. This will be then the five steps. Mm-hmm. Okay, but that that sounds complicated. And I'm 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 a, a little business, and I come back to what happened in March 2020. Okay, um, even a medium-sized business. Okay, um, um, you know, a huge restaurant in Munich or whatever. I have a database. Um, I want to you know reach out to my customers and tell them I'm doing takeout and. Um, you know, I'd look at this and say, am I compliant or not compliant? I mean, how do even small and medium businesses 
wrestle with this, I guess would be the question. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, um, it's basically, uh, it's, it's, it's still the point that you potentially need then um, a concept management platform or a professional cookie banner because um, this is the solution then that helps you to be compliant, to create a trusted and user-centric relationship. Um, like, like in the end, I would say privacy uh, sounds complex, to be honest, it also is. But in the end, um, it's also quite logical. Uh, inform the user. Make sure that uh, make 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 sure that you only are doing things that are in favor for the user. Uh, and when 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 you think a little logical, um, how you can create a good privacy solution for the end user, um, then you are on a on a very good track, I would say. Uh, mm -hmm. Informing, receiving, and processing consents, updated legal texts easy to document these consents, et cetera. But in the end, um, if you're overwhelmed by it, then of course um, there is professional help like the mm -hmm. consent management platforms. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and, and consent, you know, um, consent management platforms, I mean, what do they look like? I mean, that, that'll help me um, manage this and I don't have to worry about it anymore. Or what? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, it, is, it, is, it is only like a layer, like the first element um, provided to the end users on the website, uh, which is asking, can I use your data? And then there is a yes button, then there is uh, sometimes a no button, and there is sometimes a more information uh, button on it. Yeah? And you can truly design it in the way you want to design it, but basically um, this is how a consent management platform looks like. So it's collecting consents and it's informing uh, the user about how this data um, is aggregated and processed. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, so that sounds like the best solution. <laughs> so let, let, let me just um, let's look in the future for a minute. Okay, the the e privacy directive um, um, here in Europe is is getting older every day, and you know, tracking technologies keep developing. And then you know, we had the, the push to the virtual world in 2020. Um, how is the EU going to keep up with the speed of technology and the changes of consumer behavior? Or are they not keeping up yet? <laughs> <laughs> that is that is actually that is a good question. I mean, clearly the complexity is increasing, and so have to be the regulations. Yeah. So um, one 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 thing is uh, when is data truly not personal anymore? Now, when is a truly data not re-identifiable anymore. Uh, there is um, more and more solutions, especially also for the end of third-party data, um, are coming into place, synthetic data, for example. Uh, um, but also other technologies are coming there. And the question is then clearly, um, what is the, the European Union doing against it? Uh, um, they are having a strategy yeah, they are also creating more and more acts like the Digital Services Act, the Digital Markets Act, and the AI Act, etc. Um, but clearly, they also need um, further further trainings inside of the European Commission. The point is um, simply the complexity itself. It's a combination through a legal product and a combination through an information technology um, regulation. Uh, mm -hmm. So yeah. um, to know both uh, is not like 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 a topic that we see often in the market. I mean, who is studying IT and on the other hand side, um, law. Uh, so this is mm -hmm. something that we see very rarely. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's that's interesting. And AI, just you brought up AI, that throws in a whole new loop. I guess exactly. there's new yeah, there's new regulations going on on AI. What's going on there? Yes. I mean, this is um, this is. Uh, a whole new topic. Uh, um, thank God, this is less less privacy related, uh, so, mm-hmm. so so less part of my business. But um, clearly, uh, there there are coming new new uh, thoughts into into space, like ethics, uh, data ethics is a topic there, and it's also a topic in what we are currently doing. Uh, so um, I think we will see way more um, intentions, also maybe way more combinations between the AI world and our like personal human world more and more. And potentially one day we might even see a combinated um, um, or, or combined act altogether. Mm-hmm. And, and and with all these changes as going the future, do you think, um, is EU still a leader in this? Uh, you know, they were kind of the initiator from GDPR. And, you know, with all these other changes, where does the EU fit in the, in the global landscape? Yes, yes, yes. Um, actually, I would, I think this is a matter of definition. Yeah? Like uh, potentially, if you would say, where do we see the highest privacy fines? Then, well, or partly any privacy fines. Then that's clearly the European Union. But um, in general, I would say the privacy topic is becoming a worldwide thing. Uh, mm-hmm. We are collecting. Um, we are, we are collaborating with all kinds um, of companies from the U.S., from Israel, from India, and um, I would say we see big innovations worldwide um, on these topics. And if you think about it, like currently, um, when India is going live uh, with their with their privacy regulation, then like around 60% um, of all citizens around the world will be protected. Uh, mm-hmm. So um, privacy will definitely be a huge market, uh, and yeah. um, but the innovations I would say they're coming from worldwide, also part of the globalization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and uh, back to the U.S. again. You think uh, do you think they're going to be w- walking in the direction to try to unify that? I mean, have you seen any movement? there um because it is really complicated you know there's 50 mm-hmm. states and 50 rules okay so <laughs> yes, yes, yes actually good point yeah um, um i was i was i was also thinking about when we might see a federal law currently um there are only rumors about it um there was this show uh, by john john oliver um how's it called last week uh, tonight, I think, uh, mm-hmm. and he was actually uh, discussing or talking about data brokers and what they can do uh, with cookies. And potentially, um, the the good or the cool thing is when it's actually already um, in the place of comedy, when it's already in the place of normal human beings. Then um, I think we will see well great further innovations and potentially one day even in the U.S. Um, a federal state that's bringing everything together. Yeah. A very good point because it, when it gets makes it to a comedy show in the U.S., then you know everybody yes. understands it. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. so we're getting towards the end of our show. Um, so just a quick, do you, do, you know, we got a lot of companies listening out there. Um, if you had one word of advice for them, what would that be concerning um, all the changes and and the direction everything's going? Yes, yes, that's good point. Good point. I'd say like we will see changes in the privacy landscape. Um, I was quickly talking about India and the world's population. So all the important major markets are currently facing privacy regulations. And whenever there is any process with users' data, 
the regulations will be involved. Uh, mm -hmm. So the point for the companies is they can either aggregate compliant data or no data at all. Uh, so I would say in the future, we will see more transparent and hopefully clearer choices for end users. Mm -hmm. And um, this will not only involve our everyday life, like you know, payment processes in the bakery also involve privacy, um, but also in the coming decades, like potentially one day in the metaverse. <laughs> so people yeah. will get and actually already partly have the power about how to share their data. And companies, therefore, on the other hand side, have to make sure to be transparent, clear, and make a solid value alignment. The important point here is value alignment or value exchange with the end users. And if they mm -hmm. think about that and think about a logical way to do privacy, then I think they're all good. Okay, great, great ending words. So um, interesting discussion on this this five-year anniversary of GDPR. And we've been talking to Tillman Harmeling, and he is an expert in residence at the company UserCentrics. And UserCentrics is a global market leader in the field of consent management platforms, enabling businesses to collect, manage, and document user consent on websites and apps in order to achieve full compliance with a global privacy regulation regulations while facilitating high consent rates and building trust with the customers. Uh, UserCentrics works with big companies such as Daimler, ING, many more, and works in 100 countries helping them achieve privacy compliance. And Tillman is an expert in the area, and you can reach out to him on Tillman Harmeling on LinkedIn, and he has been with UserCentrics since 2018, and he works with global companies, universities, helping them understand the privacy landscape. And Tillman is a sought-after speaker on privacy topics, and he's spoken at events such as PriveSec Global, DeMexico, and many others. So if you'd like to learn more about UserCentrics, go to www.usercentrics.com, and UserCentrics is on Facebook Instagram and LinkedIn and Twitter. And they also have a YouTube channel under UserCentrics. So please reach out to them. And uh, Tillman, thank you so much for being with us. It was yeah, really thank you for having me. Okay, and you can open a bottle of champagne tonight on the five-year yes. anniversary of GDPR. I will. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so so it was it was great. And um, for our listeners, um, this broadcast has also been brought to you by Cinda, and Cinda is one of Europe's fastest-growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. Cinda holds virtual trainings, conferences, market research, and legislative white papers focused on digital and please go to www.cinda.org for more information. And Cinda is also having a conference um, in about a week in Mallorca, May 16th to 18th. And you can meet the user-centrics team in Mallorca and chat with them. And Cinda also has an e-learning platform in cooperation with Boss Capital for Startups. And it's an e-learning tool that startups can use to try to make their companies successful. So you can join Cinda under the startup package to get access to this platform. And listen to us each Thursday, uh, each Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific time. And if you miss us, don't worry about it because we are on every major podcast platform from Apple to Spotify, all over the web. And with that, 
thank you so much for listening today and tune in again next week. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.